Olsen fakes it for Pat and yes, touchdown to Greg Olsen. Wilson just got it away. There's Keith Lee. Touchdown, Carolina. Welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is Brian, joined as always by Brad. Brad, how are you doing on this fine evening? I'm doing great, Brian. How are you? Um, wonderful. Just great. Uh, John will not be with us once again because he's probably off, you know, spending tens of thousands of dollars on basketball. So Probably. Um, yeah. I think we got an upgrade over John today, though. I think we did, yes. Yeah. So we have special guests, very special guests Panthers tight end Colin Thompson. Colin, how are you doing? Doing great, guys. Really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, we re- really appreciate you coming on. Um, for Panthers fans who've been listening to this podcast, he is the first NFL player we've ever gotten to interview. So we'll have some questions in general about the inner workings of the NFL and the offseason for the Panthers, something we don't always get a great look at aside from the, the wonderful media in the Charlotte area. So, Colin, just to... Uh, just to start it off, why don't you give us a rundown of, you know, your your past, like how you got to the NFL, what made you want to play football, et cetera, just the Panther, so the Panthers fans can understand a little better who you are. Yeah, it's been quite the journey, uh, to be honest. That's, that's one way to put it, that's for sure. So I'm from the Philadelphia area, born and raised there, and uh, grew up playing a bunch of different sports. Played ice hockey, played basketball, baseball right? Soccer, like every kid plays and then played football. And when I got older, you know, rubber was meeting the road. And I had to make, make a decision and it was basketball or hockey or football. And I had to really choose uh, football, you know, to, to focus and, and move forward with that. So went to a high school called Archbishop Wood, um, Kyle Pitts, who Panthers fans are aware of. And most people in the football world are aware of Kyle went there and we have four active NFL players now. And uh, it's, it's quite the, quite the place to play football and go to school. And I wouldn't be here without, to be honest with you. So yeah, I ended up going to Archbishop Wood High School, had a career there. And then I went to the University of Florida where I played two seasons, 12 and 13. And I didn't play much. I had a, a bunch of injuries. I broke my right foot twice, had two surgeries. I broke my left foot. And uh, I was at a really frustrated point in my life and was seeing doctors all over the country, including Dr. Anderson here in Charlotte, who's now in Green Bay. And, um, you know, was traveling all over to try to figure out these feet and how to make them work. And Florida eventually cut ties and said, we don't want you really to play football anymore. And it's a little political and a little health-based and I had to leave. Uh, well, thankfully I did because I ended up going to Temple University and through waiting through that whole recruiting process of a summer there, this is summer of 2014, I went to Temple University and played for a guy named Matt Rule that Panthers fans are very, very, uh, you know, they know very well. So uh, yeah, so we played for Coach Rule and then uh, just an unbelievable journey. And he, he gave me all the time I needed to get healthy gave me the, you know, one of the best strength coaches in the country and this Jeremy Scott, who's with us here in Carolina and his staff, an unbelievable physical therapist and Joel Roth, who saved my career at Temple and Al Bellamy and the training staff there. And it was an unbelievable experience at Temple coach. I was a part of the turnaround there. I missed the, the first bad year that was two and 10 or whatever Temple was, but I went six and six, then 10 and, and then back to back 10 win seasons. I got to play with great players that are here now, like Robbie Anderson, and PJ Walker, uh, and Sam Franklin and Sean Chandler and, you know, all the Temple guys that, you know, I get to go to work with on a, on a daily basis. I get to play with in college, which is really unique too. And that includes staff members and coaches as well. So 
played at Temple. And, uh, you know, that was just a heck of a journey and a lot of fun going home and playing in front of my family and my friends and enjoying that journey with them and being around for the holidays. And it was unique. You know, that wasn't the case when I was a Florida and a place that I loved and didn't want to leave in a place I met my wife. So that was a very tough situation at that time. And then, um, you know, fast forward, uh, I go undrafted to the New York Giants and was with them for a couple months, played the first preseason game and woke up the next morning in a bunch of pain in my stomach and didn't get emergency appendectomy. I had appendicitis and got cut from the Giants. And that was a very frustrating time and was told I was going to be brought back in a couple of weeks and was not, but that's the business of football. And then football stands for not for long. The NFL stands for not for long. And that's why I started my podcast, Not For Long Media. Uh, and that's been going for about four years now. This is the 4.0 version of it, I say. And, you know, the, the official version of it that's out right now, check it out, Not For Long Media. And, uh, yeah, so I went to the Bears about a couple weeks later and a couple months later and was extremely thrilled to play for a first class organization, just like the Giants and the Bears and here in Carolina. I'm very fortunate to play for three great places like that, great cities, great fan bases. And, uh, yeah, I went to the Bears for about a calendar year, the last half of John Fox's uh, last half year that John Fox was there. And then the first, um, you know, six, seven months of the Matt Nagy, a tenure, if not longer, and uh, was there right the day they traded for Cleo Mack was day I got cut. And uh, to give you a reference of time when that was. So with with the Bears and then left with the Bears and I was out of football at that point, at least the NFL for quite some time, almost two years. And I was doing color commentary for Temple f- football on the radio, uh, traveling with the team and doing sideline reporting, color commentary. I started the podcast. I worked for a finance company. I worked for my mom's marketing company. I created multiple different marketing situations myself, had my hand on a lot of things, started coaching football, high school football, that is, and still do. I mean, with the same program in Cape May, New Jersey, where I live now uh, in Lower Cape May Regional High School. So I played football, I coached football there. I did a bunch of different things. I was doing post-game radio shows for the Eagles, pre-game radio shows for the Eagles, like just anything I could in this media field um, to move forward while not playing football. And that was, you know, definitely a struggle, like trying to stay in shape and grind and find a way to get back into this league. So um, to find a way to back get back into this league, I went through the AAF, Alliance of American Football League, played for the Birmingham Iron. And that was an unbelievable journey in itself. Uh, the league folded halfway through, but you know, was able to make some money and stay afloat and keep training and find a way to get back into the NFL and get some film and had some NFL workouts, but nothing really stuck. Um uh, about three NFL workouts with Detroit, New Orleans, and back with the Giants again. And then uh, waited again and did the same offseason and running around and having my hand in a little bit of everything. Um, ended up um, getting drafted to the XFL and going to play in Tampa through a connection in Birmingham, uh, you know, which is crazy. And my connection in Birmingham was from the University of Florida. So it was a crazy journey. And then played in Tampa and, you know, started to have some success with that team and you know, I was the third tight end and worked my way through the roster and ended up playing a good bid and having a lot of fun down there and played in the XFL, which was a tremendous experience for me. Again, another league that folded, but due to COVID, not due to financial issues like the AAF. So played in the XFL and things wrapped up there. And about a couple of weeks later, I got a call from Coach Matt Rule, um, an old coach of mine who now I get to I play for now for two seasons. And it's been, um, you know, it's been fantastic. It's been a great journey and, you know, it's something that, you know, I'll never forget and something I'm very lucky, uh, you know, to be a part of. We appreciate the the rundown on that. That that adds a lot of context because obviously looking at, you know, a player's uh, 
history of what teams they played for and stuff. It doesn't really add the context of uh, what exactly the grind is to get from team to team to team. Cause obviously on your stat sheet, you've been with at least you've been with three total. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, how you, how you learned to deal with, um, you know, the, the roster churn of the NFL. I know you've had to deal with it a lot. Um, obviously, finally in 2020, you managed to stick around after, I believe you were waived and then brought back. Is that correct? Um, so, yeah, they, I would just tell us a little bit about that. I mean, I'm sure that's, that's quite an experience itself that fans aren't really aware of. Yeah. It, it you know, it is such a business and you know, everybody says that, but until you are truly a product and they're bringing someone in to replace you, you, you don't, you don't really that's really when you know it's a business and they're bringing another entity in to replace you because you you know just didn't do good enough that's the bottom line you know maybe it's timing or whatever it is but you know when your number was called when your bell was rang you just weren't able to go or it was a numbers game or whatever it was um yeah i've been a part of it i've been cut more times than i've been signed that's that's for damn sure and it's been quite the grind it's been quite the journey i don't know really the answer to how to handle it but yeah. I know that, you know, you really want to plug along. You want to just keep going. You want to keep your head down. You want to grind. I mean, that's something that I've always done. It's just, okay, what do I need to do? I didn't really have – the goal was always in mind, but what was happening the moment didn't really matter to me. I don't know. That sounds kind of shallow, but it was like, yeah, I'm getting cut. Okay, great. I'm. Let me see. i got to work out my schedule next week. I'm going to be doing the two upper body days, two lower body days. I'm running these three days. Um, i got to prepare for workouts on the weekend, so I'm going to change my schedule around to, to work out you know, um, you know, Mon- Tuesday through Saturday. So I'm fresh for a workout on Monday. Like I changed everything and everything was just based on just production. It's a great question. You know, I, I there's a million different ways to view it. Are you, if you're an NFL free agent, you're on the street and you're a workout guy, you got to change your workout schedule. If you're a, pra- you know, borderline practice guy and you're trying to get on the team, you know, it's a whole nother workout schedule. You know, you're not lifting and running as much because you want to be fresh for the workouts, but you also need to stay in shape and train. So that was a crazy balance. And, um, you know, that grind is, you know, it's stuck with me today. I, I don't, you know, I take new information. I, I tweak my things, but my basic core things of, you know, I want to get three lifts a week before the game and I need to run extra on Wednesdays and, you know, stuff like that. It's become really like secondhand and second nature now because I've been doing it for a little bit of time now. It's my fifth year as a pro. So, yeah, it never changed from league to league of what I did. American, you know, not American, but the Alliance of American Football League and the XFL and the NFL, like I'm still the same approach, still focused on the same things I got to work on. And really, like, when you get cut, you know, it's a lot of self-evaluating, but, you know, you got to trust in what you're doing and trust your training and continue to work at the things you don't do as well so you can get back and make a team and stick somewhere. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Well, we're happy to have you here in Carolina. So um, why don't we why don't we uh, ch- change the the topic just a little bit and from your obvious grind to get here. And let's talk about what probably was a really good moment for you last year. Your first, uh, your first touchdown after the journey you just described, uh, you scored a seven yard touchdown against the Buccaneers last year. I believe it was. And, yep. uh, and week 10, uh, to be exact. Yeah. Week 10. So why don't you tell us about how that felt, what that experience was? I know in ty- in college you were, probably you were used from what I was reading as more of a blocker until like the, uh, your last year or two. Um, so tell us more, a little bit about that experience for you. Yeah. I mean, something I'll never forget, you know, scoring a touchdown, you know, it, it's, it's awesome and there's nothing like it. And you know, it's, it's such a unique experience, but honestly it was such a celebration for myself and my family. Like 
it wasn't a celebration like, Hey, like, look, I scored. It was more like, Hey, look, like we, we made it. We're here, you know? And, and a seven yard catch just happened to be in the location of the end zone is a touchdown. I know it sounds corny, but it's true. Like it's just a seven yard catch and it was a play for us. And bottom line was we lost the game. That was very frustrating. And, you know, but, you know, for, for your question, it, it was absolutely a monumental thing for, for my family, my friends, my coaches, the people over the years that believed in me, because I'm accumulation of them. This isn't that I scored and Colin scored and look at me and, you know, look what I've done. It was truly like, wow, man, like we did it. You know, we, we're here. We're, we, we got into this NFL. We got to this league when there was times where I was out of it for almost two years, really two years. So, you know, it was just a unique thing and the climb to get there and the opportunity and the embrace from your teammates is something I'll never forget. I mean, it was just an unbelievable moment at that moment for me and Thomas to all the guys that came over and then to the sideline, you know, hugs with some of my coaches that I was coached with in 2014 when no one else believed in me and Ed Foley and the rest of the staff that was at Temple that's now in Carolina. So, you know, it's more than just a seven yard catch. It's more than just a touchdown for me. It was just something for my family you know, something to put our hat on forever. And, you know, it is what it is. And my career won't be defined by that. And hopefully I have plenty more and go from there. But yeah, it was just a tremendous day. You know, we lost, which stunk, you know, but, but that day in the car ride home, just very emotional with my parents and very emotional time and a very exciting time that, hey, I'm getting my shot in this league and I'm, I'm being productive and I'm doing well. Well, on that note of it, it hopefully isn't your last one, I, I strongly think you should go into Coach Rule's office and say, you know, 100% of the time you throw my way, we score a touchdown. <laughs> and, you know, I love it. The, the rule of math says you should you should throw it to you more because, you know, you have a 100% touchdown success rate. The greatest um, of all time is actually Mike Rabel, 11 catches for 11 touchdowns. Yes. See, you could be the next Mike Vrabel. Like you have that, you have that potential. I would die to have Mike's career. So yeah, that would be fantastic. (laughs) I wanted to ask you one question before we move on to, um, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about the coaching staff since you have such familiarity with them. Um, But before that, let's ask a fun question. So I know you were in the NFL for a few years, but you now granted, I don't know all the financials, obviously, because this is just coming off from over the cap, but it doesn't look like you got much of a much NFL of an NFL game check aside from the practice squad pay from the bears until last year. So when you finally got that, that NFL, like I'm an NFL player on an active roster game check, what was the first thing you bought? Oh, wow. Not much. <laughs> um, nothing more than my usual spending habits. That's so smart. That's why I work so many jobs. No, I, I, um, yeah, I don't really know. You know, I've had the same car when I made the team with the Bears, a, a Volkswagen. I think it may be time to get a little bit bigger car. You know, I like <laughs> it. it. Treated me well, but it, it may be time. And I love my, my Volkswagen beside it. You know, it gets me going. And there's a lot of traveling when you're on the bottom of the roster or you're out of practice squad. So, no, that's a great question. Let's see what I spent some money on. I, I, I to me, I'm not a real materialistic guy. So if we go on vacations and trips, like I'm going to have a good time and we're really going to make sure everyone has a good time. And, you know, that's the way I like to go about those things. But I rather spend the money that way than buying some car or, you know, whatever it may be. You know, I, I, the materialistic stuff doesn't do for me. You know, maybe taking care of my parents on, for a dinner or a couple dinners and family and friends or whatever that is. You know, that's probably the first thing that I really spend some spend some money on. Hey, that's smart. I mean, we hear stories all the time about NFL athletes who go splurged in that first contract that they get 
And uh, when they get out of the league, you know, they're still, they end up selling insurance. So yeah, now that makes a lot of sense. I, I applaud that, that uh, mentality. I personally work in a, the field of finances myself as my full-time job. So I can definitely see the, 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 the benefit to that for you. Um, so what I wanted to ask you as far as um, the coaches go, just to turn the page a little bit. So obviously, like you said, you worked with Matt Rule and Temple, um, and then you got to work with him in the NFL. Uh, what have the, like, as far as that goes, we don't really, just to give you some context to my question, as CSR until up until uh, David Tepper took over, um, we were not allowed to get media passes because of the former regime. So we don't really get to see as, as far as reporting on the team goes, like what the, the inner workings are like or what the coaches are like when they're not in front of a camera. So working with Matt rule um, back for, compared to college to now, uh, what, what's that like? Is he, is he any different now? Has he progressed? Is it mostly the same kind of ideas and culture that he uses? Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. A lot of the same cultures and ideas. I, I would say this, um, you know, Coach Rule has probably got a little bit more laid back, a little bit different. You know, he's dealing with grown men now that have kids and wives and families and significant others and whatever, you know, and he, you know, he's he's always been a laid back guy. But, you know, of course, in college, you're dealing with kids missing class and missing breakfast check and showing up late. And it's just a way different thing. Everyone's a professional. So, yeah, the culture, the ideas, you know, his background, what he really stands firm on, they're all the same. It's pretty cut and dry with Coach Rule. It's pretty similar. It's, you know, for what it was at Temple, it's play hard, do your job, and, you know, everything counts, you know, everything. So, you know, that's something that's helped me along the way, and it's helped me stand out in a lot of different places that I've been. It's helped me stay involved, stay in the game. You know, I I didn't play for Coach Rule for the last, you know, four or three seasons before that. I got to play other buildings, and, you know, when you get here and now you get a chance to stick, you're amongst your own, and it's a unique thing. I love it. You know, I love it. It's a grinder's mentality. It's a worker's mentality. It's a preparation mentality all the time. And, you know, like I said, everything counts with Coach Rule all the time. That's a good answer. Very solid answer. And it's, it, it kind of, you kind of, um, at least I don't know about Brad, but that what you communicated, it's kind of like what I've interpreted of Matt Rule for the most part when he talks to the media. So, yeah, that's very, the impression I get. He's very process oriented. Like I think I've heard him say the word process more than any other word he's he's spoken. Yes, very, very much so. Very yeah. much so. So obviously, as Brad can probably allude to as well, Matt Rule has put a lot of emphasis on special teams value for people. And I know that's probably something that you've had to work on as far as making yourself available for an NFL roster. I'm sure special teams is part of it. So Tell me a little bit about that. I mean, as far as uh, college special teams and whatnot goes compared to the NFL, uh, what what exactly did you have to do to work to give yourself value to be valuable to an NFL roster? What what is it that you have to do here in Carolina to uh, and obviously I'm not saying you're only special teams or anything like that. I'm just I'm just it's something that I know that he values and I believe it's something that you'll be contributing to, I'm sure. So why don't you tell me a little bit about that that uh, jump from being a tight end in college to having to do multiple things in the NFL. Yeah. College, there's a you know, hundred something players in the team. So, you know, it's very unique uh, in the sense that, you know, you could spread guys out and you could put guys on different special teams. You know, you don't have to play special teams in college and be a starter. It's not, you know, it's very, it's almost uncommon unless maybe you're a defensive player and things like that. But in the NFL, you know, there's only 46, 46 guys that dress on game day, 53 active roster, 46 guys are dressed, right? Quarterbacks aren't playing special teams. Offensive linemen aren't playing special teams. 
couple star players aren't playing special teams. All of a sudden you got, you know, 20 guys for, you know, 11, 22, 33, like 44 spots, right? So it's a unique thing in that sense where everyone's going to play on special teams if you're not one of those guys I named. So, yeah, I mean, talk about creating value. I think the best way to create value for yourself on special teams is do your main job well, right? And then you do your main job well, and they'll find a way to get you on special teams and then perform on special teams when they come. You know, special teams is the basic of football that you learn at a young age. Obviously, it's a challenge and it's a grind. you got to work on those things, but it's blocking and tackling, playing smart football. You can't beat yourself. You know, you got to avoid penalty-free pe- – pe- excuse me, play penalty-free. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to create value in yourself, I, I firmly believe you got to do your day job really well, which would be for me playing tight end. And then from there, you got to work on your skills and hone the craft and watch the tape and figure things out from there. So, yeah, it's uh, – you know, it's been, it's been great for me. It's done, you know, it's something I really enjoy doing and kickoff return. I've been on, you know, punt and field goal and all the different things. So it's a fun test and I love it every week. Speaking of multiple jobs, um, your um, co-tight end Giovanni Ricci uh, has started lining up at fullback this year. Do you do anything like that at practice where you line up as an H back or, um, you know, a fullback like Ricci does just to have a, have more than one guy who can do that? Or are you strictly uh, special teams and tight end? Yeah. I mean, I think all of our tight ends can do what, you know, it, it, you know, in that role of like, we kind of all have a different role and do a bunch of different things. Well, um, you know, so yeah, I've done, I've lined up in the backfield. I've done that stuff. I did it last year for us in the goal line and a couple of different third down short yard situations too. So yeah, it's something that I'm familiar with. And a lot of our guys have, you know, Swiss Army Knife type guys that can do a little bit of everything. Everybody has, you know, more than one just main trait, uh, which have been great in our room. We don't have like a household name when it comes to like these mega guys of Kittle and Kelsey Ertz, you know, and um, so, or a Waller and, you know, these big guys. But we have a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things. As you saw, you know, there's really – if you, if you look at it, it's it's five, almost, let's see, six of us were kept, including Gio as a fullback so and a practice squad player. So that's a lot of tight ends, and that's, you know, credit to our group or credit to our coaching staff, our tight end staff, and Brian Angelico and Grant Udinsky. And we have a great room. You know, I put a room up against anybody in the league. Who's the funniest guy in the tight end room? Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a good one. Um, Dan Arnold, probably. Dan Arnold. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dan's pretty funny. Him and I have some good quality banter with the rest of the room. Everyone's, everyone's got a different bit of humor. They add to the room, which has been fun. Everyone's got a different personality. So that's been a, um, you know, it's been a unique thing. Good. Hey, we're happy to hear it. I mean, uh, it's funny because just to give you some context, a lot of uh, Carolina fans are like, why did they keep five tight ends? But that that's a very good answer because if all of you can do a lot of things, then why not have more of you, you know? So, um, one question more, this is a more so about the offense itself. Um, so Sam Darnold, I know you've worked with a few quarterbacks in your time in the NFL. What, what are your impressions of Sam Darnold, uh, based on just getting to catch passes from him in practice, lining up with him in snaps and stuff like that? Yeah, he's a great guy. That's first and foremost, you know, he's, he's a fantastic guy and, and someone I've enjoyed getting to know and become friends with. I think he's big, strong. He can make all the throws. I think the one thing, and I was talking on a podcast earlier that blew me away about Sam was he can really run, like really run. And he's very quick um, for being such a big guy. So you guys will see that this year and that will be enjoyable and a fun topic to talk about. 
I mean, he, he can really scoot. That's the one thing I've noticed, like in OTAs and training camp, you know, but, but, you know, tremendous arm. Um, and, and, you know, he's going to have a fantastic season. Um, look, you know, got to keep him upright. That's on us as tight ends and O-line and backs and really everybody, you know, you got to keep him upright, just like any quarterback to have success. Protection is key. So, yeah, Sam's going to have a great year. He's a great guy, an unbelievable addition, and looking forward to see what he can do this season. Good. We'll be happy. We're we're obviously all looking forward to it as Panthers fans. So, um, who give me who who has impressed you the most as far? And this can be really any position. Um, who has impressed you the most as far as the offseason goes? I mean, as far as uh, us, we go really as far as reporting on the team. The, the all we really get to see is the tweets that are brought, sent out by beat writers, by the Panthers' social media team, stuff like that. So we have our ideas of who was most impressive, but you're obviously there on the front lines. So who who impressed you the most this off season? Wow, that's a great question. I mean, Christian's always a candidate for that, right? He's one of the best players in the NFL. Um, let me think here. Who has impressed me the most? There's a there's a lot of guys. <clears throat> Shy Smith. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, for me, I I think it's DJ Moore. The guy's insane. You know, the guy's yeah. just, he's just a number one receiver. He's just, I mean, the guy just is jogging and he's running a 4-3. It doesn't even look like he's putting any effort in. He's just blowing by people. He's just one of those guys that have been so gifted, so big, so strong, stout. You know, I compare him to Steve Smith. He's a little bit bigger than Steve Smith. That's that's what DJ Moore is. You know, he's just, he's got, he's got all the routes. He's got everything going down. He's just an elite player. And maybe that's not a fancy answer. They probably... Fans want to hear. They want to hear a younger guy or whatever it may be. But yeah, DJ Moore. Um, I would say this too. Horn at corner, man. The first round pick is something else. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just so big, so strong, so fast. Um, what what an awesome guy too. You know, you could tell. You know, he's a son of a pro. Um, he's just. He's just got it going on. So, yeah, they're the two that I noticed. I mean, we're watching on film. We, you know, you, there's a lot. You don't get to really watch others as much as yourself. You're trying to critique yourself. You're getting critiqued. But, you you know, there's certain guys that flash all the time. And I would say, you know, if you want to pick a veteran, I'd say DJ Moore. And you pick a young guy, I'd say J.C. Horn. Well, that's good to hear because I'm sure Brad here, just to give you a little context, uh, <laughs> DJ Moore is someone that we all predicted was going to be picked by Carolina. And – I was slamming the table for J.C. Horn from the get-go, so that's good to hear. I'm, I feel very validated now in my opinions, so I'll make sure that John hears about it when he's yes, back on the show. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, let's see here. What else do we have? Um, I did want to ask you, just in general, uh, obviously you've been all over the place, and actually I'm kind of from around the same area that you're from I, I spent a lot of my high school time in uh, South Jersey, and, uh, and I'm currently in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So I get where you're the yeah. general area you're talking about um, from where you're from. Um, what's your favorite thing about about the Carolinas? Just being there, you know, most of the time, like food wise, anything, anything really. Like what stuck out to you? I love Lake Norman. Uh, currently renting a renting a little place on there now, and absolutely love Lake Norman. It's been great. Um, I'm a water guy. I've been lucky. I live in Cape May, New Jersey, down the Jersey Shore. And, you know, in season, I just run a, a little spot here during the season, a little getaway. It's about 30 minutes from the facility. And it's like a little place I come clear my mind, you know, and then get back into the city. But I love the city. I think, you know, I, I would I was going to live in the city last year and then COVID hit. And obviously, we weren't really able to use some of the perks that the city would offer. So, you know, I just 
went up here to the lake and was able to get away and I fell in love with it. And here I am again for the second year. So, uh, you know, I love the city though. The city is tremendous. Like living downtown, throwing OTAs and living in the team hotel, like going to Knights games and just walking around and South end and all these different places. And you got the train, you got a lot going on. It's been fantastic. Obviously with COVID, it's not the same. Can't do as much. Right. But when things were cleared up there a little bit, you know, you felt a little bit more freedom to, to check some things out and get out and, yeah, I mean, I love the city. It's a fantastic place to play. You can't find a better NFL city to play in when it comes to this. You can find a place to live. You can get around. It's not crazy, you know, traffic like some bigger cities I've played in. You know, and then you know, for us, too, like travel-wise, the airport's right here. You know, it's, it's a big national hub airport. I'm from Philadelphia. In the summer, I was getting married, and I had to travel home a lot. So there's quick, direct flights. You know, that's another bonus. I'm just thinking off a couple off the top of my head, but. It's a wonderful place to play. I could see, and then live. I could see myself living here, no doubt about it. I'm, I'm, I would love to live here. It's a fantastic place, and the people are so nice. You know, where I'm living, everyone waves and talks and says hello, and a little bit different than Northeast, as you as you know. So, uh, I, I, love, <laughs> yes. I love the South, man. It's a great place, and I could definitely live here. Yeah, it's certainly a different experience having moved from I, – I personally moved from Tennessee to Kentucky to New Jersey to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And, yeah, being in that area, very different. <laughs> very different than the Carolinas. Um, Brad, did you have any other questions for him that you wanted to share? I was going to ask my last question, then we can get into the closing remarks unless you uh, had anything left. Uh, well, I just wanted to know, are you said you're from the Philadelphia area. Are you, are you a fan of Philadelphia teams and other sports or since you're so well-traveled, are you like, is your sports fandom all across the U S like what other sports do you like to watch? Yeah. That's other a great than football. Yeah, no, it's a great question. So I'm a huge hockey fan. Um, I'm a big Flyers fan, but I love the NHL in general. I really like that with every league. Like I, I was not raised like root for one team. Yes, I'm a Flyers fan. I'm a Phillies fan. I'm a Sixers fan, but I'm I'm not. I wasn't raised to be an Eagles fan. Like I'm, I'm more love of this is a sport. I love the sports in general. Um, you know, so I'm a big Flyers fan. That's been that's been fantastic. And you know, following them over the years and getting my wife into it and getting my you know having some friends and family into it and it's been fun. Hopefully, they have a nice year this year. But really, the latest thing I've been getting into is the Premier League, um, and I you know, not a big soccer player, wasn't a huge soccer fan. And I had a buddy that got into it and he was a Liverpool fan. And I, I just didn't feel right being a Liverpool fan. They just won the championship. We watched every game or whatever game we could at least. And they won every game. It was like a joke. I'm like, man, this team's good. I, you know, I can't, I can't just come in on top. But the cool thing was like, Mike, I get to pick a team. Like this is fun. I've never been able to like pick a team. Usually it's like what your parents are into. Right. So I uh, was in Key West, Florida, where I hang out in the off season a little bit and bunch of my friends like three days in a row we're all wearing them wearing Tottenham stuff so and they're big fans and then I'm like well I'm a Tottenham fan now so I'm a Hotspur fan and it's been fun I'm learning a different game and learning different side of things and learning international sport and it's been great it's been fun so um yeah that's kind of what I do and and what I watch and I'm really big into podcasts and different things like that and um yeah it's been fun following Tottenham Perfect. Actually, speaking of the podcast, why don't since you mentioned it, why don't is that your plan uh, post football to try and run that? Is that I, I noticed with you, it seems like you're uh, working on having a plan outside of football, where a lot of fan, a lot of uh, players kind of just go all in on football. Obviously, where it seems like you're trying to build a future for yourself. So, what are your plans post football? Obviously, whenever that happens, we can't really say when when it'll happen, but. 
it seems like you're working towards something. So why don't you tell us a little more about it? Yeah, there's definitely, a, you know, your comment about the players. I mean, guys are, I would, uh, you know, you may not know, but there's a lot of guys that are doing, doing a lot of stuff. You know, the games change a lot. I find myself defending a lot. Anytime I can, when people say that, I try to defend it because guys are involved in a lot of things off the field. It just may not be as public as a podcast. Oh, I didn't mean any offense. I was no, just, I know you yeah. don't. And don't take it that yeah. way, please. Yeah. Please don't. But 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 just enlightening some of the listeners that you know they're they're it's a it's a, just a different league now you know people are really you know taking the time to handle finances and 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 take advantage of things for the future it's just a wonderful place in, in that regard I think the league's in a great place for that in that regard better than it was and um you know when it comes to second career stuff you know it's a lot of just pushed a lot in the world we're living in today like what are you going to do while you're when you're done I, I, to me I'm just going to continue what I'm doing and see where it goes you know I I like to have my hand in a lot of different things like I told you guys before. So I have not for long media. I started this and it's something that can coexist while I can play. You know, I don't see it as something that, hey, I'm gonna, when I'm done playing, you know, this is what I'm doing or that's what I'm doing. I love coaching. I love playing. I love doing radio. I love doing podcasts. I've done TV. Um, I've done scouting. So anything I'm in around the game, I'll probably be involved in. Uh, I don't really know, but I know this. I know the podcast has been fun for me. It's easy to do in season. A lot of my work's done, you know, uh, on the off season, I'm doing you know maybe an hour of work per week on it max. I have a great team of three or four people, and you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, and you know you can find us you know anywhere on our social media outlets and not for long media. It's fun, it's interactive. We've had people on from Adam Shepherd to Chris McCaffrey. Chris Long came on today. Uh, Brian Dickinson was on last week. Brian climbed up Mount Everest and then climbed back down blind. You know, just crazy stories of had media personalities all over sports. Our strength coach from the Carolina Panthers came on. Dan Arnold comes out next week for episode 30. A bunch of different things. So it's been fun for me. And it's just, you know, kind of who I am and my, you know, some of the friends in the business I've been able to connect with. And and that's kind of what the podcast is. Do you have any aspirations to do TV after your career's over? I know like um, your former teammate, Greg Olson, switched from playing tight end to being on the in the tv booth do you do do you want to go down that road or do you want to stick to radio podcast type media yeah sure you know i think you got to keep it all open that's why i you know we're almost tv in a way because everything we do is on youtube you can watch every one of the interviews of myself and that person that we're interviewing on youtube that's why i want to do it you know yeah sure you're you're showing people your talents but I, I think the TV is a little interactive at times if you, and, and having more of the merrier, you know, you can watch, you can listen to us on, on your drive or you can watch us on YouTube at night. So yeah, it's a great question. It's, um, you know, I met Greg last week. It was awesome to meet Greg. What, what, a, what a stud, Hall of Famer. And, um, you know, the following his footsteps off the field wouldn't be a bad thing either. I agree. Sounds like you have a nice plan for yourself there. Um, very last question then. This is one we're obligated to ask any player we've ever talked to on whether it was phone interviews. Uh, oh Lord, I know what this emails. is. <laughs> so, uh, so, Colin, hot dogs are they sandwiches? Yes or no? Wow, you know what? I see this conversation all the time, <laughs> and, I, and I never know. Where Brian I and I have been having this argument for what four years now, Brian. Yes, at least. And I and I never I never can put a thumb on it, and I always want to listen and hear some of the people that I respect and hear their thoughts. Are hot dogs a sandwich? Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. Oh, there we go, baby. I'll and I take that. that. This way. 
If you took the hot dog out and you put some ham and cheese in there, is that a sandwich? No, yes. it's, it's still not a sandwich. If it's a taco. If you took a hot dog, hot dog, and you sliced it in half and laid it down on a on a on a hamburger bun, is that a sandwich? Yes, because the key is the two separated slices of bread, one on oh the bottom and one God. on the top. That is so what makes it a sandwich. A hoagie roll is essentially just a bigger hot dog bun, no? See, this guy gets it because he's from the Philadelphia area. <laughs> oh, he knows been, what I'm talking about. He's been about. corrupted. Oh, my Lord. Brian is never going to let us live this he, down. He knows He knows <laughs> what a hoagie is. I told you guys all that, and you all just you all just laughed at me. No, a hoagie They're is deli a sandwich. Sub. They're deli tacos, Brian. Oh, my. Okay. Now, <laughs> now you're burying yourself. I don't even have to say anything. See Colin wow. just shaking his head. Yep, I know, right? These are the takes I have to deal with. This is what this is my life. But oh lord. <laughs> I'm so glad. Um but thank you anyway Colin for coming on. I know I know you basically plugged everything already, but is there anything else you'd like to plug? I mean just this is your moment to give us whatever whatever you want Panthers fans to hear about what what you want them to go check out. Check out the Panthers every Sunday. That's all oh. I'm worried. That's all I'm worried about. Check us out. Fox will probably be on at one o'clock. That's what it looks like moving forward. No, I mean I'm excited for the season, guys. To be honest, you, my focus is there. Can't wait at the Jets this week, and it's going to be a fun year. I, you know, I, without giving too much away, it's going to be a fun year. We got a great team and a great group of people that are getting closer and closer. And you know, it's been nice without COVID. You've got to get to know your teammates a little more. So I'm excited, man. I appreciate you guys' support and uh, appreciate having me on. Very nice of you to ask, and look forward yeah. to you guys again. Well, we're glad you came on. Yeah, and we'll take your word for it on the Panthers, and we'll definitely check it out. And yeah, we'll definitely try to get something together at some point to have you back on. So, but Hey, we really appreciate the time, Colin. Again, this is Colin Thompson of the not for long podcast of his own work and Carolina Panthers tight end for this season. Hopefully he catches a few more touchdowns and gets a little closer to the Mike Vrabel. So from <laughs> all of us here at the keep sounding podcast, this is Brian joined by Brad. And thank you again, Colin, for coming on. We really appreciate it. That was great. Thank you guys. Thank you.